Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Today, I um, had a bit more info about the whole situation, but um, on the front lines, well, there is minor movement, artillery strikes by Ukraine. The Ukraine also have fully liberated um, one of the one of the towns that they only liberated for two thirds. They moved in; the other one third of the town has been liberated. A few more villages, but. Um, Mostly, we have a period of a uh, bit of a quiet on the front. Ukraine is, well, according to both Girkin and uh, more military observers, kind of concentrating its forces. We expect more frontal assaults in the following few days. However, the important part was that um, I, uh, well, while Girkin was speaking, you see, Putin also was giving a speech, and I uh, caught up, caught up onto that, and you know. There is a there's a thing that I've been I've been mentioning about this whole war and Putin situation. If you've been a long time listener of my show, then you know that I've been giving this war pretty good chances of happening, even during the days when um, a lot of people, a lot of experts, were vo- were voicing their disconcern about the the whole event and the fact that well, there's many there were many very rational reasons why Putin would have never started this war, and by destroying his economy, by, by all this situation. Now, I was, of course, you know, I ended up being right, which I didn't like, but um, during my years of podcasting, I have, I've been forced to follow Putin. I, I know him better than, I suppose, most people, definitely a bunch of experts, because, again, a lot of these people still treated him like rational actor. And I know his voice, the way he speaks, the way his attitude goes towards everything, but... um. Something has changed about him. Something really shifted around yesterday, and I think that, well, how he finally commented on this whole Kherson offensive was was interesting. One other thing that will be mentioned, by the way, and this is... I know Alex is listening. Uh, there's a new article by Dugin, but that's going to be at the end, because I really want to start with the whole Putin situation. You see, Putin... And if you've listened to my previous episodes, my early ones, history ones, you probably know this, but um, Putin was chosen as Yeltsin's successor, not because he was talented or ambitious. No, he was picked as a temporary, temporary kind of workhorse, very quiet, capable of running an office. Well, he was usually just running errands for everyone, helping everyone else. And in this position, he kind of found himself. He's one of those people who, you know, are very quiet in the office, but then you give him some real power and he wants to show it. 
And around 2007 or so, well, then he had at that at that point decided that he has shown enough power inside of Russia that he has shown what he wants to achieve. And then Putin's second phase, how I put it, began. Sure, in 2008, he shifted around positions with Dmitry Medvedev, but no one really cares about Dimon, really, because he's an alcoholic with um, a penchant for high technology and possibly totally drunk these days, especially since he continues on with these things. But there were a few things that Putin said in his speech that uh, made me worried. See, in his famous Munich speech, he um, positioned his whole goal of uh, creating this multipolar world. And he went into this conflict, you know, by trying to prove to the world that he's super important, that everyone should, you know, account for him. And when he annexed Crimea and and started this whole mess, he got away almost scot-free. The sanctions were very light because there were already few human human casualties and the EU and the rest of Western countries just didn't want to deal with this trouble of, of sanctioning Putin. So one of the reasons why he definitely, the political reasons why he started this whole mess was... You know, because he thought he would have get a, get away with this too. And once he had stuffed up his aides and advisors with totally loyal yes-men, well, then he had no choice. Because Russia likes winners. Russia doesn't like losers. Russia kicks losers in the butt so hard that they fall apart. It's In Russia, in Russian culture, traditionally, if you lose a war, then you basically lose your position. And yesterday, Putin came up and finally commented on this whole situation. And for the first time ever, you know... He mentioned that although, and this was important because, of course, Russian propaganda doesn't mention this, and I haven't seen many analysts comment on this either, but Putin actually mentioned that although Russia would be really, you know, happy to continue um, to continue negotiations with, uh, with Kiev, well, Kiev has chosen a path of military victory, which, well, literally quoting him, says, well, they've picked up the flag and they're going with it, um, well, let's see how this goes. Well, I think we've seen how this goes. I think the whole amount of 500 military vehicles, out of whom 100 tanks, uh, at least 100 tanks, and 130 more infantry fighting vehicles, yes, I've, I've learned that that term now, um, have been captured by Ukraine. So that's went pretty well. But if you listen to how Putin spoke about this whole situation, you could hear that he's stuttering. I heard him stuttering for the first time ever. His self-confidence is gone. And in a meeting with the Kyrgyz leader, by the way, there's also conflicts between Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan. Central Asia is gone again under either Turkey's or Iran's and China's sphere of influence. We're going to see that develop as well. But the president of Kyrgyzstan made Putin wait. And he was just sitting there also mincing words and basically just not knowing how to retaliate, since Putin is well known to make other people wait. And this is interesting because if you know Russian and you know how Putin likes to use bratva terminology in his speeches, you know, the famous machit for sartire, or we will find the enemies of our country and we'll beat them in the bathrooms, I, I think that he's now just trying to figure out a solution out of this whole situation. And he knows that he's surrounded by, a, well, a bunch of let's just say, not as wise people. And he showed, he truly showed what I had expected previously, you know, back in the episode where you could see how the mask was cracking, you know, how I mentioned that. Well, yeah, he hadn't spoken back then. He had denied the general's things, but um, 
you know, it's quite different from the Putin, who back in March stated that uh, they basically will not accept any demands from Russia. And this is also quite different from, well, Dmitry Medvedev, who also very recently stated that um, stated that Russia's demands remain unchanged. Putin stated that, you know, the primary goals of this special military operation from Russia's side is still the liberation of Donbass, and that in that direction, Russia is making small gains. They are not. And that, you know, he's still for more or less peace, and he's, he even called, uh, he even called basically Zelensky Mr. Zelensky, which is kind of interesting, because previously he had called him a degenerate and a druggie and all that stuff, so it's weird. For the first time ever, we could really hear Putin's voice shaking. And I'm putting this in now because I wanted to kind of extrapolate this for the whole episode, but uh, I just couldn't, since while we saw Putin shaking and being, well, really looking extremely unsecure about himself, and I don't know how many Western analysts have noticed this, we, um, at the same time, we have a new article by Dugin. Dugin, the uh, so-called ideologist of this whole Russian world, And he's portrayed a very scary thing about the war. And in contrast, you know, while Putin is a bit shaking and looking for a way out of this whole situation, Dugin offers offers basically to double down on this whole situation. I'll read you the article, wartranslated.com. Dmitry has provided a neat translation in English so that I don't have to make it myself. But, um, yeah, it's totally scary. And, uh makes it even harder for Putin, because if he now shows some weakness and tries to negotiate, he would like to, just to get his own forces in order and understand what's happening, since, well, with the constant pressure from the Ukrainian side, it's much harder for him to concentrate his own forces and figure out a solution that would appease his oligarchs. Because Dugan and these pro-Russian, pro-war guys, they're not on the side of the oligarchs, they're not, si- they're not on the side of Putin's allies. They hate Putin's friends, who all have families in the West and all that stuff, which is what you have to understand. With this in mind, knowing that Putin is a bit faltering, here is how Dugin calls it himself, the most important article by Alexander Dugin. Quote, In the past few days, there have been significant changes in the balance of power in Ukraine. This needs to be considered in its entirety. Kyiv's counterattacks were generally a failure in the Kherson region, but alas, successful in the Kharkiv region. Is the situation in the Kharkiv region and the forced retreat of the Allied forces, uh, by Allied forces, Dugin here means uh, Rosgvardia, Russian army, Donetsk People's Republic, Wagner, all that group, basically, Russian forces. And, it's, and, and the forced retreat of the Allied forces, that is the turning point. If we now put aside the psychological effects and the natural worries of the patriots, it should be observed that in the entire length of the special military operation, we have come to a point of no return. Everyone, as one now, recomm- everyone as one now recommends taking extraordinary measures to turn the tide, and some of these proposals are quite rational. We do not pretend to be original in any way, but we will only try to summarize the most fundamental points and recommendations and place them in the global geopolitical context. World War Three. We are on the verge of a third world war, which the West is obsessively pushing us towards. And this is no longer fear or expectation, this is a fact. Russia is at war with the collective West, with NATO and their allies. Although not with all, Turkey and Greece have their own position, and a number of European countries, primarily primarily France and Italy, but not only, do not want to actively participate in the war with Russia. 
and yet the threat of a third world war is getting closer. Whether it will come to the use of nuclear weapons is an open question, but the likelihood of a nuclear Armageddon is increasing every day. It is quite clear, and many American military leaders, like the recently ex-commander of the United States Armed Forces in Europe, Ben Hodges, openly proclaimed this. The West will no longer be satisfied even with our complete withdrawal from the territory of the former Ukraine. They will finish us off in our soil, insisting on unconditional sur surrender, like Jens Stoltenberg said. Deimperialization, Ben Hodges, dismemberment of Russia. In 1991, the West was satisfied with the collapse of the Soviet Union and our ideological capitulation, primarily by the adoption of Western liberal ideology, political system and economy under the leadership of Western curators. Today, the West, for the West, the red line is the very existence of sovereign Russia, even within the borders of the Russian Federation. The counteroffensive of the armed forces of Ukraine in the Kharkiv region is a direct blow from the West against Russia. Everyone knows that this offensive was organized, prepared and equipped by the military command of the United States and NATO and took place under their direct supervision. This is not only the use of NATO military equipment, but also the direct participation of Western military space intelligence, mercenaries. Hi, SK Media, everyone who's a volunteer there apparently is, apparently is a mercenary, but carrying on. And instructors. In the eyes of the West, this is the beginning of our end. Since we have slacked in the defense of the territories under our control in the Kharkiv region, we can be defeated further. This is not a small success of the Kyiv counteroffensive. This is the first tangible success on the Drang nach Osten of the NATO forces. Of course, one can try to attribute this to temporary technical difficulties and postpone the essential analysis of the situation until later. But this will only delay the realization of fait accompli and consequently will only weaken and demoralize us ourselves. Therefore, it's worth coldly admitting. The West has declared war on us and is already waging it. We didn't choose this war, we didn't want it. In the 1941, we also did not want war with Nazi, Nazi Germany and refused to believe it until the very end. I like how he admits that they did not want war with Nazi Germany, but that's a different question. But in the current situation, when it's waged against us de facto, this is not a decisive importance. Now it is only important to win it, having defended the right of Russia to exist. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. end of the special military operation. The SMO, as a limited operation to liberate Donbass and a number of territories in Novorossiya, is completed. It gradually developed into a full-fledged war with the West, where, in fact, the terrorist Nazi Kyiv regime itself plays only a, a role of a tool, an attempt to besiege it and liberate a number of territories of Novorossiya controlled by the Ukrainian Nazis, while maintaining the existing geopolitical balance of forces in the world unchanged, failed as a technical operation, and to pretend that we are simply continuing the military operation further, some Somewhere on the periphery of public attention is simply pointless.
Against our will, we are now at war, and this applies to every citizen of Russia. Each of us is in the crosshairs of the enemy, a terrorist, a sniper, a sabotage group. At the same time, the situation is such that, with all the desire, it is impossible to return everything to the initial conditions before February 24, 2022. What happened is irreversible, and one should not even be afraid of any concessions or compromises on our part. The enemy will only accept our complete surrender, enslavement, dismemberment and occupation, so we just don't have a choice. The end of the special military operation means the need for deep transformations of the entire political and social system of modern-day Russia, the transfer of the country to a military footing in politics, economics, culture and the information sphere. The SMO could remain important, but not the only content of the Russian public life. The war with the West subjugates everything. Ideological Frontline Russia found itself in a state of ideological war. The values advocated by the globalist West, LGBT, the legalization of perversions, drugs, the fusion of man and machine. Uh, boy, I wish that would happen, actually, but fine. Total mixing during uncontrolled migration. Also funny. And others. Yeah, like anime and Dungeons and Dragons and, and beer on Sundays or something. I, I don't even know. <clears throat> are inextricably linked with its military political hegemony and unipolar system. Western liberalism and the global military political and economic dominance of the United States and NATO are one. To fight with the West and to accept, albeit partially, its values, in the name of which it is waging a war against us, a war of annihilation, is simply absurd. Our own fully-fledged ideology would not just be useful to us today. If we don't have it, we will lose. The West will continue to attack, to attack us from the outside with the hands of armed and trained Ukrainian Nazis and from within with the hands of the fifth, still liberal, column, skillfully corrupting the consciousness and corrupting the soul of the younger generation. Without our own ideology, which will clearly define who's a friend and who is the enemy, we will find ourselves in such a situation almost powerless. The ideology should be immediately declared in general terms, and its essence should be complete and direct rejection of the ideology of the West, globalism and totalitarian liberalism, whatever that means, with all its instrumental subspecies, including neo-Nazism, racism and extremism. I, I think that, you know, well, it's kind of weird talking about racism to the guys who are among most racist people on the planet Earth, and extremism too, but, you know, I'm not doing it. Mobilization. Mobilization is inevitable. War concerns absolutely everyone. However, mobilization does not mean forced sending of conscripts to the front. This can be avoided, for example, through the information of a full-fledged volunteer movement with the necessary benefits and state support. We should bet on veterans, on special support for the soldiers of Novorossiya. Russia has few of them, but there are supporters abroad. We must not hesitate to form an anti-Nazi, anti-globalist international brigades from honest people from the countries of East and West. Which is, by the way, Wagner Group is now hiring people for organizing demonstrations in the Western countries, mind you. So if something happens uh, like that in your country, know who's paying for it. But the main thing is that the Russians should not be underestimated. We are a hero people. At a great price, but we have won over a great enemy more than once or twice in our glorious history. We will win this time too, but only if the war against the West becomes a people's war. It's the people's war that we win. Wars in which a nation giant is awakening. Mobilization involves a complete change in information policy. Peacetime norms, in fact, blind copying of Western entertainment programs and strategies that only corrupt society, must be abolished. Television and the media, in general, should become patriotic tools for wartime mobilization. All concerts are for the front line. The very being in the rears is also for the front line. This is already gradually beginning, but so far it affects only a tiny part of the channels, and it should be everywhere. Culture, information, education, enlightenment, politics, the social sphere, everything must work unanimously for the war, that is, for the victory.
economy. Any sovereign state can issue as much national currency as it needs, if it's fully sovereign. A war with the West makes it meaningless to continue economic games according to its rules. The wartime economy cannot but, cannot but be sovereign. To win, you should spend as much money as you need. Uh, Dugin, economy, two different terms. Dugin does not understand economy at all. It is only necessary to ensure that emissions are concentrated and in a special circuit designed for strategic purposes. Corruption in such circumstances should be equated with a war crime. War and comfort are incompatible things. The comfort as a goal, as a lifeguide, should be abandoned. Only peoples who are ready for hardships are able to win real, fully-fledged wars. In such conditions, a new layer of economist always appears, whose goal is to save the state. This is of primary importance. Dogmas, schools, methods and approaches are secondary. You can call such an economy a mobilization economy, or you could simply call it a military one. Our allies. Allies play a vital role in any war. Today, Russia does not have many of them, but they do exist. First of all, we are talking about those countries that reject the unipolar liberal Western order. That is the supporters of multipolarity, such as China, Iran, North Korea, Serbia, Syria, Central African Republic, Mali, and also to a certain extent India, Turkey, a NATO ally by the way, but it's weird, a number of Islamic, African, and Latin American countries, primarily Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela. In working with them, it is necessary to mobilize all available resources, not only professional but also a people's diplomacy. And for this, again, an ideology is needed. We must convince the Allies that we have decided to break with globalism and Western hegemony irreversibly and are ready to go all the way in building a, building a multipolar world. Here we must be consistent and resolute. The time for half-tones and compromises is over. The war of the West against Russia is dividing humanity into different sides of the barricades. And finally, spiritual factor. The central movement of the world confrontation that has begun in the spiritual religious aspect. Russia found itself in a state of war with a God-fighting anti-religious civilization that overthrows the very foundations of spiritual and moral values. I'm sorry, this is hard for me to read, but still. <clears throat> Carrying on. God, the church, family, sex, human. With all the differences between orthodoxy, traditional Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, or Buddhism, all religions and cultures built on them recognize divine truth, the high spiritual and moral dignity of a person, honor, traditions and institutions, the state, family, community. The modern West has abolished all of this, replacing it with the virtual reality, extreme individualism, the destruction of sex. Guys, uh, you have totally destroyed sex, apparently. I don't even know. Universal surveillance. Well, he has a bit of a point here. A totalitarian cancel culture and a post-truth society. I mean, I don't... Again, uh, if, I'll, if I spend some time arguing with Mr. Dugan, then uh, this episode is going to be three hours long. I'm sure we can do this with Alex at some point again. Oh, and this is this is great. <clears throat> Open Satanism and outright racism flourish in Ukraine and the West only supports this. Meanwhile, Wagner group that reads this guy and takes him as their basically god and liberator person. They openly hate black people, Indians, and everyone else, and are more more racist than anyone else. But apparently, racism is in Ukraine, not in these extremist, super ultra far right wing slash left wing because they're national Bolsheviks, basically Russian side. But I digress. Uh, and to finish this, oh boy, we are dealing with what the Orthodox elders call the civilization of the Antichrist. Therefore, the role of Russia is to unite believers of different faiths in this decisive battle. You should not wait until the ultimate enemy destroys your house, kills your husband, son or daughter. At some point it will be too late. God forbid we live to such a moment. The offensive of the enemy in the Kharkiv region is exactly that. That very thing. The beginning of a full-fledged war of the West against us. 
The West is demonstrating its intention to start a war of annihilation against us. A third world war. We must gather all our deepest national potential to repel this attack. By all means, with thoughts, military power, economy, culture, art, internal mobilization of all state structures, and each of us. End Dugin's article. And now, understand the pickle Putin's in. Because Putin and his oligarchs, they're not Dugin. They're not, they, they want no part in this situation. They want to get into some history books, but live in their villas next to a lake and be very comfy. This Dugan's article is shared quite widely among the pro-war circles, and it's way more anti-Putin and anti-oligarch institutions than Putin can handle. Putin is not only shaking because of the losses in Kharkiv, which I'm pretty sure some, some analysts in the West will tell you. He's shaking more from the idea that his most loyal soldiers are the guys who listen to Dugan, and Dugan's made a move. I'm still starting to think that Maybe that bomb that really exploded Dasha wasn't meant for her. This has empowered Dugan, and I wouldn't be surprised if there would be another assassination attempt very soon. Political situation in Russia, indeed, is turning very interesting. And I'm sorry for my calm speech, it's just that, after reading this nonsense, it's pretty hard to concentrate further on. So, that'll be it for today. I'll probably won't... won't um, Record an episode tomorrow. I um, have to visit visit some graves because uh, you know it's I have to take care of my grandmothers and grandparents' graves and everything. So it's a thing. So so far, And remember, happiness is mandatory. And if you like the show, please consider becoming our patron. I've mentioned how to do it so many times on the show already. And if you want to support the show with a one-time donation or donate to our funds that's going to go and help to buy winter clothes for the Ukrainians, do it via our webpage, theeasternboard.lv. Click the donate button there. And, uh, yeah, I hope that this message finds you all in good health. Happiness is mandatory. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.